Good morning, family. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, we talked about how Jesus wants to give us a new heart and a new spirit. He wants to take out our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. This happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus gives us that new covenant, that new law, which is the law of love. We talked about what affects our hearts, our thoughts. And St. Paul tells us, take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Because our thoughts affect our desires. And Jesus wants to teach us the new law of love and to teach us the truth. In the gospel today, Jesus, at the end, as I was reading, Jesus says, Things that cause sin will inevitably occur, but woe to that person through whom they occur. It would be better for him if a millstone were tied around his neck and he be thrown into the sea than for that person to cause one of my little ones to sin. Things that cause sin are competing ideas or competing thoughts to the way of Jesus. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, say this with me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. And yet there are competing ideas against the way of Jesus, against the way of love that are fighting us. This homily is going to be a little bit tougher, and it's going to be with an emphasis on our children. We know, kids, can you just raise your hands, kids? Oh, they're still paying attention. Good job. All right, kids, your minds are sponges. You learn from your parents, you learn from your society, you learn from everywhere. You're watching and looking at everything we do, and you're learning from us. They see everything, they watch everything, and our children are learning from those whom they look up to. And so, what are the competing thoughts and ideas that our children are looking at? I'm going to say five of them, so it's going to be a kind of longer homily, maybe. <laughs> the first is materialism. Materialism is this idea that our value is based on what we own and not who we are. We live as Chaldeans in a comparison culture. If this person throws a wedding like this, we have to match their wedding. Or communion parties, the way that communion parties are. It's all for show. It's all material. It's not spiritual. Because our value is based on what people say about us and not what God really says. And so our kids are being thrown these huge communion parties or they're going and they're these cute flower girls or these ring boys and whatever. It's cute and yet ask yourself, what does that teach our children? That when they grow up, that's what they have to live up to. That's what they have to be. And then they lose the value of their marriage. That the church is the most important thing. That first communion is to receive Jesus, not the party. So, in 1 Timothy 6, St. Paul says to Timothy, say this with me, the love of money, love of money. Is, the root of all evil. is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of evil, but the love of money is the root of evil. In the Gospel today, we see a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. And Jesus tells the story. The rich man enjoyed everything in his life and he was happy. The poor man, Lazarus, was lying at the door of the rich man's house. 
That means that every time the rich man went into his house and went out of his house, he saw Lazarus, and yet he didn't see him. He was so focused on his materials, on his pleasure, that he was blind to the will of God in his life. That the will of God was to teach, not to teach, but to, to help Lazarus. What does it teach our children? Our children have a responsibility to support those who are less fortunate. We know, I know that we don't pass the basket anymore at St. George. When I was a kid, we passed the basket, and my dad wouldn't put the money in the basket. He would give the money to me, and I would put it in the basket. Why? Because he's trying to teach me this is what you do. So parents, when you pass those baskets, as you walk into the church, because you have a responsibility to support your church, don't put the money in the basket. Give it to your kid and let them put it in the basket so that they learn that they have a responsibility to give to God and to those less fortunate. The second idea, so materialism was one. Number two is moral relativism. Say moral relativism. Father John, what's that? What is that? Okay, moral relativism is the idea that morality or right and wrong is based on what you think and what I think and we're all right. Everyone's right. Moral relativism means that there is no actual morality, there's no truth, that whatever you think is true is true, whatever I think is true is true, and it's all true. But that is destroyed very quickly. It's the idea that you create your own truth, that nothing is wrong anymore. Our kids are living in that type of culture that nothing's wrong. You do you. The third idea that's causing our little ones to sin, that sexual relationships are no big deal. Premarital sex used to be something that was shameful and wrong and that we would stay away from it. And yet now it's nothing. Sex is cheap. This comes from pop culture, from the garbage music that your children are listening to, from social media. It comes from fashion that encourages women to show everything and encourages men to treat women as objects and not as people. You're looking at a human person, a daughter of God, and yet when men lust, women are objects. And women objectify themselves and allow that to happen. But where are our children learning that from? In no time in society has it ever been so accessible for a 9 or 10 year old to go on TikTok and look at this. Watch what your children are looking at. The fourth idea, access to drugs. Our own people are who Jesus is talking about. Jesus says, things that cause sin will inevitably occur, but woe to that person through whom they occur. It would be better if a millstone was hung around their neck, they'd be thrown into the sea. Our Chaldean community has monopolized the marijuana industry. People say it's not bad, and yet our children are smoking it and vaping it. They may say, I'm not forcing them, but what you're saying to our community is, it's not wrong. Marijuana is no big deal. Things that cause sin will inevitably occur, but woe to you through whom they occur. That's Jesus speaking, not me. It's damaging our children's brains. It's hurting their development. It's making them lazy. And they're starting at a very young age. People can say marijuana and alcohol, same thing. 
Either one. If your child is doing it, it's hurting them. So don't say it's right. But back to the materialism. It's all about the money. Gotta make money. The fifth thing that causes our little ones to sin are things that lead to addiction. First is pornography. Second is gambling. Gambling is an addiction. Anyone here, football season, let's go. You guys ready for football season? I love football. Okay, I'm a, I'm a Michigan State fan. Go green. Go let's go. All right, cool. Go green, go white. All right, so football's fun. And you know what? If you do fantasy, if you're in a fantasy league or you do suicide leagues or whatever, fun. It's good stuff. And yet, for those who have a gambling addiction or those who have an addictive personality, gambling is taking over our community. And it is so much easier now to gamble, now that gambling has been legalized in our state, especially in our state, online gambling, DraftKings, whatever other, FanDuel, whatever other apps, so many apps, and football season, whenever football season comes up, you know why football is so popular? Because of gambling. Watch out, be careful. So we have to ask ourselves the question, who is influencing our children? Of course, we can say friends. You know, they, there's a saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. There's a saying, you become who you follow. Who else influences our children? Schools. Our children are going back to school. Parents, watch what your children are learning. It's very important that you're involved in their learning. Culture and entertainment. Um, I have a quick story. There was a young girl, she came to me and she went to the weekend concert. This guy's garbage. Oh, God bless him. We have to pray for him. We have to pray for all these crazy singers. Like, man, oh man. Okay, did anyone go to that concert? I hope you didn't. If you did, let's just pray deliverance over you. Because here's what happens. At the weekend concert, um, I guess he went into this trance, this demonic trance. There's 50,000 people at Ford Field, I think. Demonic trance. And the girl told me that people were swaying with the demonic trance. You might think that that music is, is hype, you know? It's like, we're vibing, it's good music, whatever. But you have no clue what the words are coming from. Like, what type of words they're saying. Or what kind of influence this, these singers are influenced by. And so, the girl told me that she was so uncomfortable. And I was like, that's good that you were uncomfortable. That means that you're not blind to the influences of this world. And we prayed deliverance, and we, we, we claimed our authority and our identity in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bend in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. At the name of Jesus, devils must bow. So there is no power that can defeat the name of Jesus. So have confidence in his name. And yet, if you are influenced by these things, or you're going to these types of concerts, where you don't know what's going to happen in these places... Be careful. Um, there's also, there was an article just this past week that said that those who pray the rosary are extremists. So I hold a rosary. Every homily you're going to see me hold a rosary. It just helps me. It really like marries with me. The power of the rosary. And there was an article that says those who pray the rosary, you're an extremist. As if you're a terrorist. That you're terrorizing people with different ideologies. So I want this community, St. George, to be proud of carrying and holding your rosary and praying the rosary. If you don't have a rosary, I want us to sell out rosaries back there. I had Father Kevin 
before Mass, I was like, Father Kevin, do you have enough rosaries? He's like, not yet. But he literally stacked up rosaries in the back. We need to be a community that is an extremist type of community for Jesus. Amen? Amen. The battle that we're in, amen, yeah, okay, cool. It's all for him. So, there's a saying, there's a saying, say this with me, it takes a village. It takes a village to raise your children. Back home, in Tiskopa, in Alkosh, in Tilkep, whatever, Zachel, whatever village, I'm sorry if I didn't say your village, whatever village, the village raised your kids. You could let them run around and go outside and whatever because you weren't worried. The village is raising them. It's beautiful. America and the culture we're living in is not a village. It's a jungle. And you have to be very watchful. But we do have a village, and that's called St. George. We are in St. George Village, and I want St. George Village to raise your children. And so if you're so discouraged by how much there is out there that is beating up your children and causing them to sin, bring them to St. George Village so that they can be holy. And so here's what we have. We have COF, it's a middle school girls group. This is what I want us to clap about. We're going to have very soon a middle school boys group. We've got DOC, Defenders of Christ. It's a high school youth group for boys and girls. Father Kevin and I, we're going to start a, a young adult Bible study. All ages welcome. A men's group called Soldiers for Christ. Yamutha, mom's group, where moms come together and want to fight for their kids against this culture. So there's a lot going on at St. George Village. Come here and raise your children here. I met a family at St. George my first week, and they were excited to meet me, and I was happy. And they said, Father John, my kids, they just received First Communion. I was like, awesome, good. Praise God. And then I said to them, all right, like, put your kids in catechism. And she looked at me like, really? Do I have, like, I mean, is it that deep, you know? The Chaldean community treats First Communion like church graduation. Once our kids go to First Communion, oh, we're done. Okay, no more. Parents, if your kids are not in catechism yet, I want you to register them right after this Mass. stgeorgechaldean.com. Register them online because your children need to be here at St. George Village. They need to grow. They need to learn because there's so much out there. All right, our kids are going back to school. Kids, you ready? No, I know. But it's okay, education's important. You have to use the gifts that God has given you. Be smart, work hard. And so I wanna just close this homily, I know it was long, but I wanna close this homily with a back to school blessing. So children and teachers, can we just open up our hands and receive a blessing? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, I pray your emotional, physical, and spiritual protection over our students and teachers as they enter a new school year. Keep evil far from them and help them to trust you as their refuge and strength. I pray, Jesus, that you will guard their minds from harmful instruction and grant them discernment to recognize truth. I pray, Jesus, that you will make them strong and courageous in times of persecution, recognizing that you have overcome and are fighting for them. Help them to find rest in your shadow 
as they live in, your, in the spiritual shelter you provide for them. Let them know that the only safe place is in you, Jesus. Through our blessed Mother Mary, who protects us in her mantle, through St. Joseph, the terror of demons, through St. George, the dragon slayer, and in Jesus' mighty name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.